Welcome to Adjunctitis, From Surviving to Thriving, teaching hacks to reduce stress, save time, and avoid common pitfalls. I'm April Brown, an assistant professor of journalism at Cal State LA. This podcast is designed mainly for professionals who come into higher ed. I had a rough time and I learned from my many mistakes at the beginning, so I'm sharing some tips here so hopefully you have a smoother and more pleasant time. Welcome to episode nine, starting strong from day one. First, another story. Since leaving school, I've had some jobs that gave me the chance to learn a few unusual things to varying degrees of competence. I learned how to cut cattle, not with a blade, but it's what cowboys do to separate one cow from the herd. Separately, I've learned how to quick draw like they do in the Westerns. It's been a long time, but I was pretty quick. I can do some basic stunts, throw a punch, take a punch, take a bullet. And if you need a magician's assistant, I'm up for it. This is all separate from the flying trapeze I talked about way back in episode three. The reason I mention this is the same reason I start episodes with a story. I'm trying to get and keep your attention. And that's why I try to make the first thing I do in class something engaging. This is, for those of a particular generation, short attention span theater, you might remember that TV show, We need to capture their interest right away and can't drone on for too long. It's one of the pedagogical approaches I learned in my How to Be a Better Teacher class. And a quick digression, if you have the time and wherewithal and you plan to do this long term, I recommend finding something like that. I'll put a link to the class I did in the episode 9, Teaching Tools. But back to that engaging thing at the top. It's why I start with a story at the beginning of each episode. If I can capture your attention with a situation you might find yourself in, except for the story at the top of this episode, and a situation you might find out how to avoid or cope with, that's hopefully going to keep you listening. Now, once you've got your students' attention, you don't want to lose it. So you should consider what's called chunking, presenting and working on a subject for as long as you think you can keep their attention and focus. It is tough to keep engagement and focus when we drone on too long. And since most students these days have grown up with technology in their hands and at their disposal, I think it's an even shorter attention span than it used to be. Those are more planning tools. Next, back to a little bit about building relationships in your classroom right away. In the class one outline, there's a let's meet link, and it's also available on the website. It's a way for students and me if I want to join the groups to learn something about each other that will make us feel more comfortable with each other. It's similar to the approach that journalists use. We have to quickly gain rapport with subjects, so we try to find common ground and ask sincere questions about their lives in order to build trust. This exercise is based on profile questions developed by John DeGroote, a former staffer at the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel. They're questions you might not normally ask people, And when you have classes of students who sometimes know each other, they will even find themselves learning new things about one another. I think students should know from the first class that we all have a common goal and have to work together to achieve it. So I tell all my classes they should act like they're members of a newsroom. The news product does not get out without teamwork. You have to share what you know, ask questions when you don't, and learn to work with all sorts of people. That works when I'm teaching journalism, but fundamentally, I have found it to be true for most of the workplaces that I've actually been in. 
I also encourage my students to share their contact info. So I create an Excel file with everyone's name, preferred name, pronouns, email address, and they can choose to put in their mobile number if they're comfortable. Sometimes they'll want to do news stories where it would be helpful to have another pair of hands, and sometimes they might just have a question about what we covered in class. Again, teamwork for college, career, and beyond. You may remember going to school, there are the kids who sit in the back and try to be neither seen nor heard from. In fact, you may have been one of them. But I like to encourage the idea that everyone plays. You can't sit quietly in the back and hope no one notices you. But students have to feel safe trying new things and saying something that might be wrong. So I do a couple of things to encourage them to start talking to each other while I walk around the room and chime in occasionally, sort of like that let's meet exercise, but with a little bit more purpose. I do a game with the syllabus. I put them into groups, give them time, five to 10 minutes. They have to look it over carefully and collectively find the five most important things they think their classmates should know. It gets them to read through the syllabus and talk about it amongst themselves. But then we have a group discussion. If by the end they haven't listed all the main points I want them to, I'll add those. Oh, and there's a syllabus quiz too. Another acknowledgement that they know my rules. But after this syllabus reconnaissance, I ask them to add any class rules they think we should adopt that were not outlined in the syllabus. And we do this together. They feel like they have a say and it reinforces important boundaries. Another part of my evil plan to get everyone involved is what you might call the luck of the draw or the random spinning of the wheel. One tool I use I actually adopted from something my dad used to do in his college classes. He was a professor too. I have everyone write their name on a card from a regular deck of cards. And as I take attendance each day, I note who's not there and take their card out of the pile. Then when it's time for participation, if I don't get volunteers, I shuffle the deck and draw. And the rule is you have to give it a shot, even if you aren't sure of the answer. And everyone respects your attempt. There will, of course, be those students who put their hands up for every question. At some point, I say we need to bring others into the conversation and pull out the cards. I have a short article I wrote about this process on the website, but it's pretty easy to figure out just based on what I've said, I'm sure. There is a more technologically advanced way to do this, and it's called the Wheel of Names. On the internet, there is a random name picker, and all you have to do is enter all your students' names, spin the virtual wheel, and voila, a random participant. Everybody plays. If you have questions or issues you'd like me to address, please send them to questions at adjunctitis.com. Join our conversation on social. Right now we're at adjunctitis on threads, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash adjunctitis. You can also use the hashtag adjunctitis so we can form a community where questions can be asked and answered. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider leaving a review and a rating. Those can help other people find us too. Please spread the word and help those who ask you for help. It's good teaching karma. Adjunctitis is a Look At It This Way production. I'm April Brown. Thank you for listening. Class dismissed. <laughs>